the Smiths with the track Vicar in a Tutu from the album The Queen is Dead. I'm David Eastall and this is The C86 Show. Welcome once again to another award-worthy show as I'll be bringing you songs you know, some you don't and some you should. As always, we'll be crossing time, space and genre with the finest in indie pop. And this week's special guest is going to be a Mike Bryson from the chart-topping hitmakers. Yes, all the way from Hebden Bridge, it is going to be a bog shed. So I'll be bringing you that quality interview and alongside another gripping playlist. But to uh, get the party started, and let's face it, bog shed are always being renowned for that. This is Run to the Temple.
chair she sits with her legs by a glass of Bacardi is perched on the edge of a table for two by the side of a fireplace hang pictures of people from
let's face it, that was musical perfection and that was Stump with their track called Tupperware Stripper and that came from their album Quirk Out that also I think came out with um, a few years later on a collection or compilation called Does the Fish Have Chips? Anyway, I'm sure the young royals love a bit of Stump. And before that we had our special guest and that was Bogshed with uh, Run to the Temple and that came out on the enemy the famous NME cassette, the C86 cassette. Da, da, da. And this week's special guest is going to be Bogshed because a few months ago, actually it was just at the end of the summer, I caught up with Mike Bryson from the band to find out more about love, life and poetry and all that groovy stuff. <laughs> I'm not sure Bogshed were. But anyway, I'll be bringing that interview throughout the rest of the show. But to keep the party going, because let's face it, what not to like. Um, this is another track by Bogshed, and this is a John Peel session. So, John Peel, thank you for bringing us the music that was Bogshed. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we have tonight, tonight, tonight we have for treat, treat, a treat, treat in store for you. A rare treat. A rare treat in store. Store for you, in the famous choir master, famous choir master, Master Philip Hartley. Oh, well, that's a surprise, I must say. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a new song for you tonight. It's in The Modern Idiot, and it goes something like this. Now Lucy went down on a farm, tried to milk a cow. Though she tried, she couldn't get the hang of it somehow. The farmer looked at Lucy, and he murmured with a frown. Well, if you just hang on tightly, gal, and she'll jump up and down. Gathering the mushrooms, put them in a pot. Pop them in the oven, and serve them piping hot. To make herself more beautiful, she thought she'd bathe in milk. She said, I'll have a bath full to her milk, and Jackie will. Said you want it past your eyes before I put it in. She says, No, I'll be happy if it comes up to me chin. Gathering the mushrooms, put them in a pot, pop them in the oven, and serve them piping hot. The farmer called it Lucy one dark and stormy night. She says, You are too old for me because your hair is white. He looked into her eyes and then he knew it after teller. The snow upon the roof, but there's a fire in the cellar. Gathering the mushrooms, put them in a pot, pop them in the oven, and serve them piping hot. She took him in the kitchen, she was his turtle dove, and then she started cooking them dumplings on the stove. She wore a local dress, oh, it was as green as clover. He jumped with glee, cause he could see her dumplings boiling over. Gathering the mushrooms, put them in a pot, pop them in the oven, and serve them piping hot. The prices, although she's just as willing, it's big fat men at two pound ten and little boys a shilling. Gathering the mushrooms, put them in a pot, pop them in the oven and serve them piping hot. We're gonna gather in the mushrooms, put them in a pot, pop them in the oven and serve them piping
All the way from Scotland, that was the shop assistants with the track called All Day Long. And before that, we had our special guest, that was Bogshed, and the track called Gather in the Mushrooms, that I do believe came from a John Peel session in around 1986. But uh, you might tell me that was wrong. Anyway, this is David Eastall, um, and this is the C86 show. A bit later on, I will tell you how you can contact me because it's always nice to hear from you but before any of that little exciting a bit of admin i think we should start have the first part of the interview that i did with uh, mike bryson from the band and like i said this was at the end of summer last year so um yes i've been thinking i must get this one out and this is where um i ask him that exciting question about how the band got together and the general formation and this was his answer me and my um old chum mark we um we met at school when we were 11, and we used to play guitar, you know, on a Saturday afternoon. I'd walk up to his house with my guitar over my shoulder, and we'd plug it into his record player. All my dad used to make amplifiers out of <laughs> for us out of um, talking books for the blind, believe it or not. Right. And uh, we uh, just jammed. We didn't, you know. And, uh, and we played from the age of 14 with various little bands and outfits and... Um, we sort of followed each other over to Leeds from uh, the Liverpool area. And uh, we met Phil in Leeds, who was also from Liverpool, but at college in Leeds. And he was originally the drummer for another band that we were in. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, said, hang on, I can do better than this. And he said, I want to sing for your band. And uh, we broke up our band and formed a new one. Right. <laughs> And, uh, and did it? I right. mean, because I did see that um, it was kind of based in Hebden Bridge, and you were refer- yeah. and referred to as the amazing Roy North Penis Band. Uh, that was one of the original names they had for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But obviously, uh, we had quite a few, a few um, names. And that was one that all of them ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and because I mean, you did have a quite a distinctive style, didn't you? And a sort of quality that sort of made you stand out quite a bit more than just the normal indie band that sort of was, was around at the time? Yeah, kind of. I think so. We've, we've had our own furrow, I think. But, um, we, you know, we were heavily influenced by, um, well, there's a range of things. We were into, um, you know, Mark were into beef art and kraut rock, uh, things like that. And Phil was into pop music and um, cabaret. Right, which is a nice mix. <laughs> and he also liked the residents. <laughs> so we all liked the residents. <laughs> we had a bit of a yeah it was a bit of a combination and um, none of us could play our instruments very well and that was uh, although we just had that attitude yeah because uh, I was talking to the guy I think he's Greg from Big Flame who yeah. were based probably in Manchester and I think they their sound was kind of based on the their musical limitation but from what you were saying because he said he'd never played a guitar before so he was quite limited whereas you had started playing the guitar oh yeah we played guitar for years so, so you you must have you must have had a few kind of kind of ideas of musical structure and uh, yeah, of course, yeah, 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 we did. Yeah. You know, through your sort of ability to um, what was the what was the, the membranes? The membranes. John Robb from the membranes used to call us musos, actually. Did he? He did, yeah. Yes, yeah, <laughs> but it was well, as if you were sort of prog rock. It was a bad word at the time. It must have been a very. It must yeah, have been almost a, a form of insult, actually. <laughs> well, that's how he got at us. Yes, because he knew how to tune our guitars. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic yes because when, when I've done a lot of these interviews for bands I mean they do have this kind of the five year 
kind of story or arc or the narrative really where you know they get together they make a bit of a sound they like and then they do this sort of the single and in those days a John Peel's show and possibly a session will get played on the John Peel show in a, a session down in sort of Maida Vale and then the first album and things are kind of generally going quite well and then they do the tour and it starts getting a bit messy so what was what was the sort of the, the world of Bogshed? It was always messy. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was always always very messy. Um, uh, it was never going to last very long. Right. Uh, Even though you uh, knew each other from sort of. Well, me and Mark, yeah, we we well, hasn't stopped. Yeah, from uh, but Mark particularly, and Phil was quite a difficult character. Right. At this moment, uh, it was a uh, complicated character. Put that way. Right. Uh, so was Mark. Okay. <laughs> 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 it's tradition, I think, between lead guitarists and singers, I think, to have a bit of ego clash when we were no different. Right. Even 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 though you were sort of part of the sort of indie C eighty six scene and, and sort of not really up there with people like Duran Duran at the time, there was still sort no. of there was <laughs> you could still sort of dislike each other as good as anybody. Well, we liked each other very much, but uh uh yeah, I think spending a lot of time in a van together is <laughs> not the best. <laughs> And with a lot of alcohol. Right. In a confined space, going up and down motorways all over Britain and sometimes Europe was, um, yeah, led to a few difficulties. And that was the first part of my interview with Mike Bryson from Bogshed. And uh, yes, life in a transit van. It often uh, does lead to... um, a lot of personal tension from what I've gathered. Anyway, this is David Easter on the C86 Show if you want to contact me. We always love your messages. You can via Facebook or Twitter. Just go to at C86 Show and I will be there. But anyway, I think we should have another track from a bog share. This is another John Peel session. This is from 1987. I know. Check me out. <laughs>
excellent. It was excellent. Thank you there, Mr. Peel. That um, was Borkshed and the track called Six to One. And lightly, this is Dave Lee on the C86 show. This week's special guest is uh, Mike Bryson from Beyond Bogshed, all the way from Hebden Bridge. And this is the second part of the interview where uh, we were talking about the pressures of being in a band, uh, basically living together 24-7 for about five years and finding it's getting a bit too, well, tricky to keep it going. Yeah, well, we didn't have loved ones. Well, we had some loved ones here and and not much family at the time. So... um uh, we yeah, I lived next door to Mark, and uh, Phil lived not far away, and uh, yeah, we spent a lot of time together. Yeah, we I mean we used to write about five or six songs a week, I think. <laughs> <laughs> right. We never got them all recorded. No. But, uh, um, probably wisely. In fact, I think some of the best stuff we did we never recorded. Strange because uh, for our second album, we just decided to make the set. We decided to make the second half of the album up on the spot right. in the studio even though we had loads of material but we just got bored of playing it which I don't think was a wise decision but there you go we didn't we weren't very wise yes. <laughs> and did you and we did... were the people who turned down Alan McGee oh good, good. we turned him down so uh, which is also I'm not sure that was a wise move or not it might have been yes because did you ever manage because you were on a sort of a small record label Shellfish Records yeah yeah that we made yeah that was just yeah that was us Yes, and did that? Uh, Phil Phil wanted to do everything himself, which is part of the downfall. Okay, wasn't uh, part of the reason why we didn't sign for anybody else was that Phil wanted complete control of everything. And obviously, that was a bit um, tricky at the time. Um, Yeah, it was great when things were going well because well, we just hand it over to Phil. Phil will do it. He'll sort it. And then the combination of wanting to do everything and then felt as though he was responsible for everything. Could, uh, at the same time, you know, feeling a bit aggrieved and a bit put upon by the rest of the band who were just loafing about, waiting to see what happened next. Right. And really created the situation for himself in hindsight, but um, yes, that, that, that was part of the dynamic of things in the band. Yeah. And how did the, I mean, because were you kind of pleased to sort of get included on the, the famous NME cassette, the C86 cassette? I think so, yeah, yeah. Because that kind of, that particular, I mean, that became the best-selling single of, uh, or the best-selling cassette that the NME put out, because they used to put out quite a lot of stuff, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Run to the Temple was one that sort of a lot of people probably first heard of uh, of the band because of that. So you must have right. been feeling quite chuffed that things had happened. Yeah, I think that was our 15 minutes of fame around that time, yeah. Yeah, yes. we headlined at the ICA. Uh, and um, I went on tour with Petrol Motion. And do you sort of, I mean, because obviously you had quite an intense period during the 80s. I mean, do you look back on it with much fondness? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, do, yeah, yeah, it's um, good fun. Yes. On the whole, <laughs> you forget about bits, don't you? <laughs> well, sometimes one can focus on, you know, like you can focus on the really nasty bits a bit too much, yeah. or you can try to sort of look at the bigger picture and think, actually, that was quite enjoyable. I mean, were you? are no, you still sort of experience. quite pleased when you see, I mean, do you still get the occasional royalty check for some sort of piddly amount and think, well, you know... Yeah, OK, I get about £30 a year, I think. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I would get played fairly regularly on Radio 6. Uh, when I say fairly regularly, once every couple of months there'll be a track on. Yeah. So, um, 
And it's always nice when somebody says, oh, I heard you on the radio. <laughs> and that was my second part of the interview with Mike Brighton from Dogshed. This is David Eastall on The C86 Show, and I think it's time for another track by the legendary Hefton Bridge Band. This is Fat Lad Exam Failure. Basically hyperventilating with the excitement on that latest one. That game was Boxshed, and that was a track which was called Fat Lad Exam Failure. And that came from their 1985 album, Let Them Eat Boxshed, which came out on vinyl drip records. And uh, that was Rob Johnson. No, Rob. John Rob. Rob Johnson. Now I'm getting confused with another person there. Uh, yes, 
John Robb, who's from the Membranes. That was his particular record label. So, yes, check me out. Anyway, look, uh, this is going to be the third part of my interview with Mike Bryson from the band, where we talk about, um, yes, because they were a four-piece. And uh, probably about ten years ago, they lost two of the members, um, not at the same time. But, uh, yes, there was Phil Hartley, who was the vocalist, and also Tristan King, who was on drums. And uh, this is the bit where we talk about that experience and, uh, yes, having to deal with death. Uh, well, uh, Tristan, the drummer, yeah, he's only younger. He's not younger than us. He is uh, five, six years younger than us. He, he was the last person to expect. Uh, but he had a brain tumour, poor lad. And um, uh, so I was aware of him going downhill and uh, saw quite a bit of him. Uh, but Phil, I didn't even know. He'd, he'd stopped speaking to us, so I didn't even know he'd um, passed away until about two years ago. Oh, really? No. God, that um, because the last word, he, didn't, he just stopped communicating with us. And after a while, he started wondering, where is he? You know, not heard at all from him, or nobody's heard from him. Yeah. And then we... I think Mark rang up PRS to see where we stood with uh, royalty. Yeah. And he said, oh, you know, since Phil's, they told him that Phil had died in 2006. So that's how he found out from PRS. Oh, my God. Yeah. And how did he die? I don't know. Wow. I think I, think I can only assume, I think he's from, well... I assume suicide, actually, but I don't know for sure. No. I, I can't tell you. I can't say that. No, absolutely. No, but that's obviously... Uh, but he was a complicated character. And he, he did have huge depressive bouts. Right. He did. God, that's... Uh, which we just thought it was still throwing a Mardi, but it was obviously more serious than that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what happened... Did you have a moment when you realised that's it, the band are over? Uh, the band broke up when Phil and Mark fell out about um, recording a version of a Captain Beefheart song for a Captain Beefheart tribute album. Right. Uh, which we were all very excited to do, but uh, <laughs> Mark said, oh, we're only, I want to do any original stuff. I don't want to do any cover versions. <laughs> and we all thought, are oh, you dog in a manger? <laughs> and that was, I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back, you know. Right. <laughs> And uh, we, do, we, do, we didn't actually split up. We just said, let's give it a rest for a bit and see what happens. And that's it. Right. And then we kind of fell out after it. We kind of fell out after we split up, strangely enough. <laughs> Which is quite good going, really. Yeah, because we kind of split up relatively amicably. I think things got twisted afterwards, you know. Yes. I think perhaps to do with tax was part of the problem. Not that we earned anything, really, but we didn't declare the little we had. (laughs) (laughs) So Phil had got stuck with the responsibility for that as well. I think think that was what made him fall out. I think think, um, there was another party somewhere where Phil and Mark and other people were. I wasn't there, where they had a big round anyway. Interesting, there's nothing we can do. No. We do about it now, unfortunately. I mean, if you if you were to look, to sort of see your eighteen year old self, you know, as you are now, and but and, and met them, what what sort of advice would you give them in the as they were starting out in that sort of exciting and slightly murky world of rock and roll? Well, just do it. Uh, there's no advice. <laughs> just enjoy it. Uh, I don't know whether it's um, 
you know, it's not going to last forever. You can be very lucky, make a living out of it, or you know, um, just enjoy it. Yeah, don't and um, don't overdo the drink. Override the drink. <laughs> it's interesting because I, I ask quite a few people that questions, and and some people mention drinks, some people mention drugs, some people just mention. Yeah. Just oh, make, we didn't do drugs really. But <laughs> the drinking. Drinking, yeah. Drinking's not good. And also, a lot of people, I think a lot, and you would never think about this when you're 18, sort out the admin before you start. Get... Yeah, of course. That's the, yeah, of course. All that sort of stuff, yeah. Yes. It, um, I mean, it was different days. We only had, we had one phone between us, one house phone. <laughs> that was the only way you can get in touch with us. It wasn't any email or text or anything. It was just a phone that was in the, um, Phil's house. Right. And if we were on tour, nobody could get hold of us. no. I know, that's also the interesting thing, that a lot of people didn't even, you know, some people had to go to the phone box to sort of conduct. Yeah, we were conduct, lucky we had a phone. You were very I lucky, thought. actually. Yeah. Some, yeah. some people had to sort of quickly go to the phone box at a certain time and stand around yeah. looking vacant while trying to sort of, you know, think, God, someone's going to talk about playing a gig in Glasgow now or, yeah. or sort of or signing us to some label. I can see why people's trying to get in touch or... You know, I spoke to the guy from the Wolfhounds who's sort of from Essex, London, and they sort of went up to Glasgow for a gig, and it had been cancelled, but obviously didn't realise. But they had no money to get home, so they, right, had, yeah. they they spent sort of five days on a friend's, you know, floor until they got some yeah. money, and then they got some petrol, and they could get home again. You're thinking, oh, my God, that's... That's it. pretty serious, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. Kind of, it's a different time, so... I mean, yeah, we had some rocky times in advance when we had a fuel, I remember. I remember um, a service station in Norfolk... Both having to sleep in the forecourt till it opened in the morning in the back of a van, and it was uh, minus five or six outside. It wasn't much cooler in the van. Oh God, I could have. Had... Uh... <laughs> and we weren't prepared, as you can. There wasn't a sleeping bag between us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the glamorous world—that is life on the road. Anyway, that was the—I um, think that's the third part of my interview with. Uh, Mike Bryson from Bogshed. Anyway, I might just play one more part a little bit towards the end of the show, but I think we should have another track by the band. This is titled, he says, looking at his notes in a rather interesting and informative way. Yes, I'm the instrument.
And that was I'm the Instrument from Bulkshed. And that came from their 1987 album called Brutal. And that came on, uh, came out on Selfish Records back in the day. Anyway, this is David Eastall. And this is going to be the thir- fourth and final part of my interview with Mike, where I ask him what happens after life, after Bulkshed. And this is his reply. Because I did used to do the covers for the albums. I, I, I um, headed, oh no, I, was, I took up teaching for a bit as an art teacher. I played in various bands, uh, but only on a local level, really. Uh, had kids, <laughs> settled down, got married, had kids. Uh, and then I took up a career as a cartoonist and caricaturist, is what I do now. Yes. Yeah, so. And does that, um, and do you feel like this is, you know, you've, you've sort of got your life under control as much as you can? Uh, well, you know, it's ups and downs, but you know, I'm making a living doing what I want, which is very lucky. Yes. Um, drawing, and uh, we still, I still play music with Mark, so we still do stuff. And is that fun, sort of still, sort of being with somebody after thirty years of being, you know, in Bogshed? Yeah, it's great. I mean, it, it was a, there was a good twenty-five year hiatus <laughs> before we started playing again together, but it's lovely. Yeah, yeah. it's really good stuff, or at least we think it is. And that was the final part of my interview with Bogshed's very own Mike Bryson, and a big thank you for that. Uh, much appreciated. Um, yes, I'm gonna got a few more songs to play before the end of the show, so I think we should play another track by Bogshed. This is um, this came from an EP that uh, was titled "Tried and Tested a Public Speaker." This is Champion Love Shoes. <laughs>
for that very abrupt ending, but I was waiting and um, prepared, which is uh, more than I usually am. Anyway, that was the uh, All the Way from Leaves. That was Girls at Our Best. And the track called Getting Nowhere Fast. That was also covered a few years later by The Wedding Present. Before that, um, we had Bulkshed and uh, Champion Love Shoes. That came from their EP, Tried and Tested, Public Speaker. This is David Eastall, The C86 Show. If you want to contact me, it's always very groovy if you if you get in touch. You can on Facebook or Twitter just go to at C86 Show, and I will be there. And, um, yes, keep it clean and nice, and it's all, you know, life will be great. But anyway, I've still got a few more minutes to get a couple more songs in. I think because Bulkshed was our special guest we should play another track by the band this is runner on the blunder
And there you go, another track by Bulkshed, and that was Gord Runner on a Plunder. And this is sadly the last, going to be the last song of the evening. But thank you ever so much for listening, and a huge thank you to Mike Bryson from the band for giving me that interview. Um, much appreciated. Anyway, this has been David Eastall, the C86 Show. Tune in for next week when I will have another special guest. But to uh, leave you even more excited than you might have been at the beginning of the show. This is going to be another track by Bogshed. I know if you love Bogshed, fill your boots. And if you don't, then frankly, go to the doctors. This is going to be Excellent Girl. Thank you.